0: Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our God, our wisdom, our salvation. Amen. So a couple weeks ago we remembered the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and it's one of those days where we, those of us who are old enough to remember, I can't believe it's been 20 years. We remember where we were on that Tuesday. I was in my office in the morning uh, at the church where I was serving at the time, and I went into the office to make copies or something I don't remember, and the secretary told me that some individual, some little private plane had hit the World Trade Center. We thought at first maybe it was a, a just a private one-seater uh, plane, and of course that was terrible enough. But then as more news started coming out, we began to realize this is bigger. And once the second plane hit, and that was, uh, that was, we had internet in those days, but we weren't streaming and doing all the stuff with our smartphones that we're doing now 20 years later. And so at one point, I had, I had a radio on that was in my office, and I went in and I told the secretary at the time, I said, I'm going home to watch some television, I'll keep you posted. And so I went home. And, um... Uh, Carol was out that morning, she was not at home, so I was by myself watching this unfold. And one of the things that became became very clear to me, and I wasn't the only pastor in the community, what became very clear clear was we as pastors had to bring the community together. Because this was a huge thing. And we had a very active ministerial association, just as we we do here in Ashland. We had one in this community I served And so we pastors got on the phone and started talking with each other. And that evening, we decided to have a time of community prayer at one of the churches. And so we all gathered together that evening to pray. We went there to deal, and in prayer and in lament, we came to deal with all those emotions that we all had, right? Anger and sadness. Fear, not knowing what this meant for the future and we prayed now in one sense on a time like that it seems like prayer is the only thing we could do it seems like there's nothing else we could do at this point so we get together and pray But, but here's what I want to say it really wasn't the only thing we could do on that day it was the central thing we needed to do on that day Because the Christian life is bathed and surrounded and centered in prayer. Prayer is not what you go to as the last resort. I know some folks treat prayer that way. But that's not the way the Bible treats it. Yes, sometimes all we can do is pray. But when we say that, what we shouldn't mean is... Well, when everything has been tried and nothing is left, well, let's pray. We don't treat Jesus as our ambulance, (laughs) you know, that we call on only when we absolutely need him. Prayer is the context of our lives. Now, I understand sometimes we get upset and we get bugged because sometimes people use the phrase thoughts and prayers as an excuse not to do anything. I understand that. But you know, earlier in James, as we've been reading James these past few weeks, James won't let us get away with that. Because James says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Faith without works is dead. So James won't let us get away of using prayer as an excuse to be, I don't know, can you be a disciple potato? Like a couch potato? James won't let us get away with that. But now James ends the letter, and by the way, I think it's important, he ends the letter here by talking about the significance of prayer. And he tells us, he says, pray for the sick, pray for those in sin, just as we pray for our sins. He says, confess our sins one to another, we're not really good about that. That's pretty disarming, right? Can I just confess my sins to God? Well, if I wrong you, it's not enough for me to go to God. I should. I have to come to you. (laughs) And I have to tell you I'm sorry for what I said. And then James says, you know, Elijah, the prophet Elijah, who is one of the most interesting and entertaining prophets in the Old Testament? says, you know Elijah was a person just like us. He was just an ordinary, ordinary guy, and yet he prayed and the heavens shut up and there was no rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again and the heavens opened up for three and a half years and it rained. <laughs> and when I read that, my first thought is, Elijah was just like me? I mean, I've prayed when there's, when it's been dry, right? And the farmers are suffering. I pray, Lord, send rain. Well, I mean, it doesn't, I don't, I, I mean, maybe I haven't, didn't notice it, but there's been no gully washers right after my prayers. At least not that I've noticed. But I don't think James is really saying that. I think what James is saying all of us ordinary followers of Jesus, all of us everyday disciples who go about our lives every day, who tend to the responsibilities that we have, attend tend to the routines that we have, that worship, that say our prayers, that do our best to keep the great commandments of loving God and loving neighbor. I think what James is saying to all of us who fall into that category, and we all do, James is saying, you'd be amazed what God will be able to do if you pray. (laughs) Oh, we may not see the results of that, but it's amazing what will happen when God's people come together in prayer. Edna McDonough, my favorite my favorite definition of prayer ever. she says she writes in, in one of her books, prayer is the way we let God loose in the world. Is't that wonderful? Prayer is the way we let God loose in the world. And prayer is at the center of our lives. It should be at the center of Now, one of the problems, I think, that some Protestant traditions have, and I would say this is probably true of the Methodist tradition, is that because we come out of what I will call the revivalist tradition, which is a good tradition, but what we have done is we have kind of made the assumption that legitimate prayer has to be extemporaneous it has to be off the cuff in other words when I stand up here I need to be able to just close my eyes and just pray and let it flow out now that's good prayer but I grew up and in fact Lindsay and I have had this conversation because we sort of grew up in the same kind of tradition Protestant tradition whereas if you got up in front of the church and you actually led prayer and you wrote your prayer down that was somehow illegitimate because you need to let the spirit move right so you can't write it down of course no one ever assumed that well maybe the spirit was moving when you were writing it down right there was a fellow in a previous church I served used to say to me used to say to me you know why don't you just one week not prepare your sermon and let the spirit guide you to which I said I'd like to think the spirit's guiding me while I'm working on my sermon during the week Because it really limits the spirit if you think the spirit can only work in the moment. Now, yes, the spirit does work in the moment at times. In fact, the spirit can surprise us in the moment. But the work of the spirit in the world shouldn't be limited to what we think or how we think the spirit has to work. I think Jesus is getting at that when his disciples said to him in our gospel lesson, you know, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, but they weren't part of our group, and so we said, quit it. And Jesus says, well, whoa, wait a minute. Whoever is not against us is for us. In other words... Be prepared for the spirit to work in ways and work through people and work where you're not anticipating. Now to get back to that prayer extemporaneous thing, the other thing that we sort of assumed some of us and some of the traditions we grew up in, we sort of assumed that prayer was just something if you're a follower of Jesus, she just come naturally. So that's why I didn't grow up. I don't remember any church I I was a a part of growing up. And we moved a lot as a kid growing up. I don't remember any church ever offering a class on prayer. I don't remember any instruction on prayer. Because it just seemed like that if you were a disciple, somehow you should just know that. And yet... When the disciples come to Jesus in the gospels and says, "Lord, teach us to pray." He doesn't say, "What do you mean? You should just know how to do that." No, he says, "Okay. Okay. When you pray, here's what you say." And then Jesus gave the disciples the prayer we say here every Sunday. And sing one Sunday a month. It's the model for prayer. And I think, by the way, people say, well, Jesus didn't mean us to pray those exact words. No, yeah, he did. Because he said, when you pray, say this. But it also becomes a model for all of our other prayers. One of the reasons I'm so glad that Lindsay and Daniel are, are offering this time of prayer gathering for eight weeks is it's an opportunity for all of us to gather together to think and to learn about our about praying and how we might and maybe we pray maybe you know I'm not going to make any assumptions about any of us you know you could pray maybe you pray daily wonderful but perhaps this is a time to get in touch with the centering life of prayer You know, Paul says to the Philippians at one point near the end of his letter, he says, Pray without ceasing. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Pray without ceasing. I don't think he means pray, you know, bow your head, close your eyes, and pray for every minute you're awake. I think he's talking about centering our lives in prayer. One of the things that I like to do when I'm driving is because, you know, there's too much noise in this world. You know what I mean? Everywhere you go, there's music. Everywhere you go, there's just noise. I like to get in the car and just have quiet. It gives me an opportunity to think. And when I'm driving down the road, I'm coming in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in on Center Street, and all of a sudden I hear sirens, and I pull over, and it's an ambulance or a fire truck, and I pull over to the side, and that ambulance passes me. You know what I do? I say a quick prayer. Lord, I don't know I don't know who needs help right now but I pray for them. You know what they need. I lift them up to you and pray, I pray for those first responders that you'll keep them safe and thank you for their ministry as those who give care. And you know what that does for me other than just kept praying, what it does for me I'm driving in thinking about everything I got to do today and I'm not sure I got enough hours in the day to do it and I'm a little stressed and all of a sudden that ambulance passes and I realize, you know what? Someone's got bigger issues than I do. Because sometimes the problem for all of us human beings, and we know this, is we sort of can get stuck in ourselves. That's the perennial human problem. The Bible talks about it all the time. We can kind of get stuck on ourselves. And to be in an attitude of prayer and just orient our lives, our daily lives to prayer helps get me out of myself to see there's something bigger going on. And that God is at work in the world in bigger ways that I can't even see. And being in an attitude of prayer and praying in all of the different ways. I was looking at this list that this insert that that was in the bulletin, the the prayer is abiding, you know, just uh, the Lord's prayer is first, that's the best place to start. And then prayer is abiding. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. Oh man, isn't that good to know? Just abiding with God. And embody prayer. What does it mean to be oriented in prayer? And lament. The church, the Western church in America, does not do enough lamenting. We don't lament enough. Our sins as individuals, as a church, we don't do enough weeping in prayer the tragedy and injustice in our world and prayer is liturgy prayer is worship as we offer that lifestyle prayer is and prayer is thanksgiving obviously we cannot fail to offer thanksgiving to god the next breath you're going to take stop wait stop you feel yourself breathing we don't think about breath often do we you think about breathing th- stop That's a gift. That's a gift from God. That next breath. Thank you God for that next breath. And so yes. Elijah was just like us. Elijah was just like us. Let's say it, let's say it a different way. We're just like Elijah. Elijah. We're just like Elijah and it is amazing what can happen when the righteous lift up their prayers prayer is the way we let God loose in the world amen let us pray gracious God oh it is so wonderful to know that you are a God who cares so deeply for us we live in a world where some perhaps want to relegate you to the far reaches of the universe that you're not personal that you're a force but we know that that is simply not true that you love us so much you are right here you have created and you are with your creation working even now in your love for us and so We know that prayer is truly a time of conversation and also a time of listening. As we speak to you and listen for your wisdom, we thank you for that gift of prayer. And we thank you for the gift of not only being individuals to lift our individual cares and concerns, but we can gather in a place like this to lift our prayers together. Gracious God, remind us this day and every day that we are just like Elijah and that our prayers are heard and answered. In Jesus' name, amen. Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh brother, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh brother, let's go down Down to the river to pray the river to pray oh lord listen to your children pray, oh lord send your spirit in this place oh lord listen to your children pray. send us love send us power Send us grace. Something's gonna happen like the world has never known when the people of the Lord get down to pray. A door's gonna swing open and the walls come tumbling down when the people.